Right. Good evening, Nick. How then, Johnny? How's it going? Oh, not too bad. Um, looking forward to the, seeing the back of lockdown at some point in 2021 or 2028. 2028. Whenever. 2028 is going to be wonderful, isn't it? Yeah, it's going to be a blast. It's going to be killer. That'll be dovestep seventeen as well, won't it? By the time you squeeze in a few more. Yeah, I think we'll stop doing point point ones, twos, etc. Yeah, just leap leap on by like three at a time. Yeah, I think by the time we get post lockdown and whatnot, we might actually be able to do something, uh, yeah, more international, less domestic. But for now, we're certainly uh, domestic, and uh, the last domestic effort went well, didn't it? Yeah, it feels like a feels like a lifetime ago. Uh, I think we both lost a bit of our form since then, to be fair. Lost a lot of mine. Splattered on the front of a Nissan Duke. Yeah, mine's gone into, I don't know, long COVID and a year of feeling rubbish. Um, yeah, I, I remember, though, we, we did kick some serious miles um, one way or another. We did, yeah. I think my fa- my favourite bit, not wanting to like bang on about... No, let's, this, is, this is what it's think, about. Think, it's all about living on past glories. Ago. I, think it, I think it was when you got cramp in both legs on the marathon <laughs> and, and like every step was a swear word for, for about 100 metres. Coping mechanism. I can still, I can actually yeah. remember, like I almost reimagine that pain. And I was mucking about trying to get photos of you. You were going... <laughs> <laughs> It was like it's like the type of pain where it's not true pain, but it's so horrible it makes you like feel nauseous. Yeah. Like I was like, I'm gonna chunder here. I'm gonna chunder. Is, this is horrible. That but, is cramped for you. Yeah, you've got to. Uh, yeah, you've got to embrace it. Good laugh. But yeah. Uh, yeah, obviously that was the middle day. So for anyone who doesn't remember or care, we cycled to Spurn, 163 odd mile. Uh, the Friday, Saturday I banged out the marathon, and then Sunday you did the return 170-odd mile back down to uh, Dirty Thetford. And if you're wondering why it was 10 miles longer, it's because I was feeling so good when I got back and the sun was out. I did one of my local loops. <laughs> there you have it. My wife, and, my wife and daughter were waiting for me on the drive. They were watching the you know the Strava like, uh, pinpoint on the map. Yeah. And then, and then they said, what's going on? He's... He's supposed to be here now, and he's gone. He's like gone past Thetford. Yeah, <laughs> and, he's, and he's away around the back roads. But yeah, I kind of paid for that at the end because I turned into a headwind for the last sort of three miles and thought glory, I was going to die. Isn't but it? Worth it for the know, glory. Can, exactly, it's all for the glory. Things See, I won't yeah. do for the glory again include cycle through Hull on Friday evening rush hour. I'm going to quit that one now that we're not doing that again I, I never you know i'm even at the, the moment i'm i'm running first thing in the morning and um i don't know what it is whether in the lockdown climbs because i spend so much time outdoors away from cars i'm really sensitive like if a diesel car goes by pie goes by i can like almost taste the fumes and nice. i'm like i'm like well sensitive in a way that i never remember being sensitive before Certainly, like cycling through the middle of Hull in uh, lockdown. Yeah, that's that's something else to look, you know, to celebrate. I'm now hypersensitive to uh, traffic pollution. Brilliant! Happy Christmas. And, you, and you're afraid of uh, afraid of cars and bikes. Well, afraid of being on a bike and don't want to be on a bike near a car. Which both of which I can kind of understand. I'm perfectly happy being on my bike on the turbo trainer downstairs. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm happy. I watched the boxing and uh, I got on the bike. 
I'm not going outside. That's dangerous. Oh, we did. We did have. We we should. Uh, we should share this really that we did have a sort of mini, very mini reunion. Not all that long ago. In, was it? I think it was between the lockdowns. Let's say it was anyway. Oh, we did. You know, I was rack, rack, racking my brains. Then we in did. Case, yeah, in case any, I don't know, police officers are, are listening or, or what have you. But yeah, we it was between definitely between lockdowns. No, you're absolutely perfect, right. It was, and I perfectly could legal. Probably work out when it. Well, it was at a time when there could have been great grey strikes. So I'm guessing October, November. Yeah, roughly. There were definitely. There were definitely cross bills. We had Great Grey Shrike in mind, and that's where it stayed. It was the 7th um, of November. Nice. Nicely done. And yeah, uh, it, was, uh, it was a good day there. It was blooming cold, I seem to remember, on the on the way at least. Yeah, it was blooming cold, and I had chosen a, a poor bike choice. So I was on like a fixed gear, hideously uh, small 24-inch jump bike. But, you know, you got to have a laugh in it. And uh, we did get Raven that day. We were. Uh, we did. We were. We were Raven about Raven. True. Uh, and some seriously wild, uh, whatever they are, water buffalo type oh, yeah, things. Yeah, they're literally, the grazier who sort of has them, they're literally called... Yeah, that's been trampled to death. Yeah, yeah they were pretty inquisitive. <laughs> um, but they're literally called Breckland Buffalo. Nice. Yeah, literally, if you like, if you look it up online, that's what they are, and you can hire them for your uh, garden parties. I was going to say mass habitat destruction, or like, yeah, <laughs> to to impress your uh, impress your friends, wedding guests and stuff. <laughs> yeah, um, th- they impressed me so much that day that when I went back a few weeks later, st- still very much, um, very much outside the lockdown, I. Uh, didn't get closer than about 300 meters from them because I wanted, I needed to make sure that I could outpedal them between, just in case. Because one of them was like bellowing and. Well, I've been back like, since, and um, I've sort of got a bit more of a measure of them. They're just sort of quite wild, so yeah. they're just sort of inquisitive, and they're not like a domestic cow, cow whatever. So I've actually petted them since. Like they've come really? over, they've come up not in the not on the heath, but you know they've come to the fence line, and I've sort of had a little chat with them. I think they thought they were getting fed or something. Oh, so you were the other side of the fence. Just hold up both hands for the listeners. Ah, uh, he's got he's got a full set of digits. So yeah, so it was all it was all good. Well, yeah, I think I think I gained their trust a bit, but I think they just like get really excited if they think it's feeding time, and there's quite a lot of beast there. To be like excitable and playful. Yeah, it's about forty odd of them, aren't they? When they come oh, thundering, ar- thun- thundering across, literally thundering across, and they've got like that huge like buttress on their head. I don't know what you call it, man. Oh yeah, yeah. But yeah. It, like meets in the middle, and they've got then they've got the like gouging horns that are going to garrot you. Plus they've got some kind of like headbutt special plate. All a bit intense. But anyway, we're getting well and truly off track. But you're quite right. We did manage to squeeze in a meeting in the shambles of a year that was 2020. And, uh, yeah, good one, man. It was only the second the second time I'd had Raven on uh, Burners Heath. And I've only had a handful in Brex. I don't do as well as other people seem to do for them. Uh, although I did have some on the first over Culford Park. Nice way to start nice. the year. Anyway. Yeah, we had, we, we had a massive flurry of, well, there were four birds around... 
in December because the neighbouring shooting estate had a big shoot, which they didn't really fully clear up from. So there was a lot of a lot of dead partridges and pheasants to mop up. Smart. So we had so these ravens were toing and froing. We had we've had four or five great blackback gulls, which is exciting here, not exciting anywhere else, but bit of a big deal here. But the ravens seem to have cleared off, so I don't know. Maybe they're breeding already. Well, there's a couple on Colford Park um, area. And there's a yeah, there's at least a couple in like due west from there, but it's hard to keep track of you know if we're looking at distinct birds or what. Um, yeah. It's mad, isn't it? Because well, when I was a kid in York, um, ravens on in the eastern half of the country, no chance. Buzzard yeah. would have been it would have been a mega, and now yeah, we do, we do, we've done buzzard buzzard. Buzzard have been here what twenty odd years, but well, the other the, yeah, other, the even, other thing, the other raven. carrion eater, the other carrion eater that is now I see them almost every run is red kite. Mm. We've got, we've got I've got birds literally two well mile and a half from where I'm sat now, uh, like nice. on on territory, and there's either one of those birds or another that's just always around Timworth flapping around. Um, yeah, man. So uh, it's a bit weird though, because all our bird records are hyper focused because of lockdown. Yeah. So I've done like the same paths, an inordinate amount of time, and the same running loops. Like, I think I'm gonna have to start paying more council tax for all the asphalt damage I'm doing. Yeah, little little grooves where yeah, you just, your feet just sort of slot in. It's like it's very it's like that on my patch. I can tell you. And yeah, there's there's trails along bits where nobody else goes. Where I think. Well, it's not Munjack because there weren't trails here before I started walking it, and now there's a, now there's a mini motorway where I've been backwards and forwards yeah. so, so many times. But uh, one day, one day we'll be able to spread our wings. We've got to make the most of make most of what we got, and that's pretty much uh, yeah the nature of the upcoming dovestep effort. But um, before we get to that, I've obviously had a bit of a rough 2020, and uh, and so have you. So you know. Whilst we were superhuman in September 2019, just to humanise the story, you know, should we should we tell everyone what what happened since? Yeah, well, it's last year. Last year was a year to forget. That's for sure. Um, I got some virus in February. I'm not going to tell you say what virus it was because the doctor never told me. I then had post viral symptoms throughout 2020, which if you Google long COVID, I, I match on about eight out of ten of them. Still the doctor won't tell me what it was, but he's I've had chest X rays and blood tests and Ugh. yeah, it's just it's just been a it's been a slog. And the most annoying thing about it, I mean I've been been fine, I've still been able to get around a patch, still been able to do stuff. The worst thing about it's just been the sort of steady erosion of fitness and never feeling quite you know, if if um Early September 2019 was 100. percent I've never been closer than about 80 percent of that, and even yeah, most of the time kind of 70 or below, which is just a just a faff after after a while. It just starts to get yeah, it's a bit demoralising. Yeah, um, I, I I reckoned at the beginning of November, so you know, a year and two months uh, after we did that, I reckon I was about. 30% of the fitness that I had to execute does step 3.1. Like, literally, maybe that's even been generous, and I'm probably not even at 50% now. Just, and you're uh, young as well. Imagine what it's like when you're old. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. 
But uh, I obviously didn't have uh, any viral infection or anything. I managed to get hit by a car instead. So yeah, uh, that's that's you did pretty well well out of that, didn't you? You got some pretty decent pretty decent colour palette on your um, on your butt cheek and halfway down your leg, which is quite impressive. Yeah, yeah, and I've still got the remnants of that. And I told you what it was, and I've since forgotten. But as of yesterday's MRI scan, I have a Morel Lavelli lesion. Which should be Which is fine. a type of tropical cuckoo for those that don't know. It sounds quite sexy almost. Yeah. You know, it's not like other medical conditions like piles or uh gonorrhea or something. Gonorrhea. Or, apparently there's a there's a gonorrhea uh, like an intense gonorrhea outbreak. I saw really? on the BBC News. Like a, a more virulent strain or something. My question to the world is who's managing to A get gonorrhea and B you know, spread the new virulent strain in lockdown. Riddle me I don't that. Know, but they're doing well, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, hats off to them. You know, they're even more resourceful than we are. Um, yeah, so, yeah, sort of past glories. We're both recovering from, on reflection, I probably took for granted, but a pretty insane level of fitness. We'll be back. You'll be back. You'll have to be back this year, won't you, for the next uh, the next chapter? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So this this weekend, I'm going to do my first sort of more challenging thing since Dovestep 3.1. So I'm going to do what well, I've termed 24. Wait there, four by four by 24. So every four hours, I run four miles for 24 hours. So it's only a total of 24 miles in 24 hours, but you run in the middle of the night when you're tired and it's cold, and it's just the right type of training for dovestep. You know, basically... Make, makes you keep going when you want to give up. Yeah. It's a, it's, an, it's a very... It's a swift way to artificially replicate, like, fatigue and that feeling you get at the back end of of a marathon or a multi-day effort so there's a method to my madness there so hopefully this this uh, six o'clock on friday i'll start and i'll finish at some point after 2 p.m on the saturday and that's hopefully going to be a little bit of a g up for yeah up in mileage up in training and uh getting ready for a yeah 50 mile run mid-may followed by a 50k run stroke walk depending on what what state we're in so mid mid May is the target date. That sounds that sounds sounds a long way away. But then, what well, we're into February already. So I guess it's only uh, does some maths four four months, bit less. Bit yeah, more than four it means months. it means consistent training from now till then, and a fair wind and COVID to comply, and my leg to not fail me or hit issue. Get necrosis. That would be, yeah. That, so, yeah, just a listener. I've told Nick this before, but everything goes well. My leg will just dissipate and it'll get back to normal. If it goes badly... Not the whole leg, the, the doodah lesion thing. Yeah, yeah, we keep forgetting the name. The Morel Lavelli lesion, um, which, for the listener, this is a nice, fun dovestep fact. I didn't... I got hit by a car. Uh, they, they hit me, you know... I was in the cycle lane. They drove straight into me. It was my right of way. And my backside on a Nissan Duke, which has a raised, uh, like a rim to the headlamp, hit hit that, managed to break the headlamp, and I still didn't break 
uh, any bones, obviously I took the massive impact. So there's a little bit of pride to be had there. Oh, or you've got very fat ass, depending how you look at it. Well, yeah, it was probably all that dovestep three point one muscle that I've then oh, since sorry, muscle, very from, muscular bottom, since yeah. since lost after my yeah. uh, enforced couch potato alcoholism. <laughs> oh, we laugh, we laugh now. Anyway, I can't remember it's why. It's good to get. It's good to. It's good to get to these low levels so that you so that the. Um, the rise up, the kind of phoenix-like rise out of the ashes, is even more spectacular. That's what yeah. it's all about. So yeah, you've got you've got you've got a proper dubstep um, dubstep challenge coming up. I, I the only thing I've got on the horizon is a stupid uh, cycle around Norfolk in a day thing I signed up for for last year when I thought I was super fit um, before I realised that I wasn't. Um, but it got postponed to this year, so that's round Norfolk in a day, which. What, what, what time of year? Middle of June. So do you think then mid-May, and in your case mid-June, will be in a situation whereby we can execute those two things? Well, who knows? Who knows? I hope so. Um, I would think yours, because it's... Who are, you, who are you doing it with? Uh, a lad called Matt or Matthew Bruce from the RSPB, if anyone's heard the, of him. The Matt Bruce. I've never heard of him, uh, apart from online. What is it? This? Where have you been? This guy's like runs everywhere. He's uh, super famous in the RSPB. Everybody knows. Oh no, wait, that's Lizzie Bruce. Hang on. No, Matt Bruce. No, I do know. I do know. <laughs> I do know who he is. <laughs> No, I know Matt. I can't believe you don't know him. He's a good guy, and he does a lot of running. You want to, yeah, you want to, you want to check him out on Strava, and you'll be, you'll be afraid. Well, I don't, I don't go on Strava. So there's a, there's a little snippet for you. Dubstep is very difficult thing to do, and when I'm properly training for it, as I am now, I don't accept anything that I perceive to be weak. <laughs> so Strava is, I'm afraid to say, abundant. You know, it's an outcry of fucking weakness. So I'm not, I'm not. I'm not on Strava. I'm not drinking as of a uh, few days ago, uh, and I'll probably not drink until you know we hit the finish line. But yeah, I can't afford things like that. And people put such whiny stuff on on Strava. It kills me, man. So yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm I know he's a good runner because that's why. Yeah, I approached him and asked him to join. But I, I'm afraid I'm not seeing anybody's exploits on Strava. I'll, I'll WhatsApp you some of the, you know, some of his choice achievements, and uh, just to, just to help you keep focused. Look forward to he's, it. He's, he's a yeah, he's a good guy. Fifty miles will be the furthest I've ran before. I uh, did a thirty-four mile race over in Malvern back in twenty-nine, the year of fitness, and then um, I've walked fifty miles before in in one go, just for the lols. Uh, and, As you do, yeah, and that was pretty brutal, to be honest with you. That was that was the longest time on my feet. I think it was like eighteen hours, but uh, maybe it wasn't. Yeah, I, I can't. I, Fifty miles in a day. I once walked. I think I've walked more than thirty-five, but I don't think I've walked more than forty. And it, yeah, it's not. It's not fun after a while. It's like like all these endurance things. This round Norfolk thing. It turns out that the uh, county boundary of Norfolk is two hundred miles long. Nobody told me that That's when just, I signed it's up. It's just for deception, it. isn't it? 
200, so, though. You've you've got that in your legs because you've done up well, to 100. Well, I ha- well, I had, a, as we've said, we you know we had 160 odd in our legs in in the year of all years, and yeah. now, yeah, now like you, I need to be focused if I'm going to be vaguely, uh, vaguely able to complete this. So yeah, you've got to stop yeah. quaffing the merlot. Stop quaffing the merlot. Uh, uh, whatever um, else start, it is you do. <laughs> start doing some exercise. Yeah, all that kind of stuff. Cool. Well, seeing as we're only doing this daft endurance because of bird watching, you're touching on it a bit. What's your what's your bird watching news before we uh, sign off? My birding news. Um, I clocked. Hey, talking of all these miles, I clocked 240 miles, mostly wandering around my patch uh, in January, which is not by going. Okay, so I cheated because I did, went on a couple of runs, but they probably added a grand total of two miles. What maybe? Maybe 10 miles to the whole thing. <laughs> not, no, not even. Not even 10 miles. So, yeah, over 230 miles on foot round patch in January. Uh, 91 species, which is a personal best by That's five. really good. That's um, really good. I'm, I'm on 105 for uh, not patch, but crude area within 5 to yeah. 10 miles from here on runs. You, I don't know, you'll probably plot it no more than 10 mile north in a sort of in just the sort of 45 to 90 degree segment, because I can only yeah. go north on the river and only yeah. come back via um, sort of Ingham and, and yeah. uh, Timworth. So, yeah, man, there's people going to be thinking I'm, I'm checking, I'm casing their houses. Probably we're won't. lucky. We're lucky to have place, decent places or decent-ish places on our doorsteps. Yeah. Yeah, it is It is a blessing. Otherwise it, would be, uh, otherwise, it would be pretty pretty tough, I think. It's. A, I can't pretend it's not a little bit testing and frustrating. I can't pretend I wouldn't like to see a wading bird. Yeah, imagine. <laughs> I mean, I've I got. Been... Ex- I got excited hearing a green sandpiper on Saturday because it's my first one ever in January around here. So oh really? Shows you, how, shows you how impoverished we are. Well, we've got green sands here. Um, I've had a single woodcock. Uh, I've had snipe, but you know anything remotely estuarine, not a hairy chance. Nah. You know, I've only had one flock of Gordon Plover. It was a big flock. I think they were sort of called weather movers. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm only on 104 for the year, and I did actually get more, more like you know, like proper burdening on on uh, the third of the year before we got locked down. I went to Lakenheath. Ah, <laughs> uh, so, that's where you got all those all those goodies. Yeah. So it's not like, yeah, it's good, but I've not been outside of West Suffolk. Yeah. Uh, but then, obviously, when we're locked down, that's it. You know, you're just sort of on foot. And uh, we did chuck, we did chuck in a, a cheeky dusky warbler early in January. That was um, that was quite nice. A little bit of uh, little bit be, of excitement. There can't be many Breck. I know Lee had a um, dusky warbler at Linford a few years ago. O- October the 29th, twenty twelve. That Linford bird. Right, that's good encyclopedic knowledge. Yeah, it's like we've looked it up. Right, right. And is there any other Breck records? There's no, there's no other Breck records uh, unless you count <laughs> what was almost certainly the same bird that Neil th- uh, saw in the middle of October. He saw a philos which seemed to have pale legs and the supercilium disappear into some bracken, and it never called, and we never saw it. I, we also uh, checked that area out over the next few days, never saw it again until the 9th of January when it if it was the same bird in some respects so that's kind of cooler because it's like new year and more special yeah and it's january it's when you're sort of wandering around thinking oh 
maybe I'll get a brambling for the year. Well, or put it this I'll way, get... I've not even I've not even had a wintering chiff yet. No. And we get them down the river. You know, I've had them outside the house in January. But uh, you've got to leave something to look forward to. You know, we're going to be lean months until we get like stone so, curl you back. Exactly. February in the first half of March can be a part. Yeah, curl, curl you any time now. Oyster catch a week or so later, and then. It's just it's waiting for the here and dines. Well, st- stonies and wheat here mid March. True. Yeah. If well, not that I, some, I don't get up to the, I don't get that far up though. Really. For some reason, wheat ears on my patch don't come in March. They they wait till April. We get more in like the second half of April, but so I don't is know that, if is that more Greenlands or just same? I don't know. I don't know if it's because it's suboptimal where we are or or why it is, but. We just really struggled to get to get them in March. Certainly, wouldn't expect one on like mid March, like you might at say Cavanham or or yeah. uh, Lackford. So, yeah, we generally have to wait until until April. So, yeah, the trick is not getting too carried away for the next six weeks. We've got, just, yeah, we've got plenty of time to find a winter in black cap or yeah. What have I got to catch up with? That's a great crested grebe. You know what I mean? Yeah, I should. I mean, the, yeah. Hopefully, there'll be one on the on the lake at Colford, but there hasn't been yet. Goosander, like hen's teeth. Yeah, they've gone. They've well, you've already, you've already mentioned my big cap so far this year, and that's red kite. Oh, and I haven't had a brambling either, although Neil's had them on. Can't patch, believe but, you've not um, had red kite because there's a pair nah. at Rhymer Point, and there's another bird over the old landfill at Colford. So they've yeah. only got to wander a few more miles, and they're into your sort of airspace. Yeah, they're, they're, I've seen them over Barnum. Regularly, I mean, I, I mean, we'll see. I'll see him before. I'll see one before too long. There's been a few yeah. records. Dawn's had him on the reserve, and so maybe just Ian try harder. You might have been out yeah, for need... forty miles, but or or be better. Ah, there. Yeah, you've said it. It's, it. You can walk as much as you as you want, <laughs> but if you're no good, and you're not going to see the birds, are you? That's a bit of a crushing uh, realization. Are we going to leave? Yeah. Are we going to end the conversation with a positive for? Everyone else. For the listeners. For the dirty listeners. Yeah, go for it. What if you go up your sleeve? I've got absolutely words? nothing. I, I thought you were going to be... I thought you were going to oh, be... See. Um, well, I'll tell you what. what. I'll tell you what is really positive, and that is five o'clock, looking outside, daylight. Yeah, it is, is, it is a buzz. It's a, simple, it's a simple thing, but the last couple of days, um, this, this week, in fact, at work, looking out and thinking, yeah, I can nip outside and watch the goals going over. And I'm not, doesn't mean slacking off work at kind of quarter to four because it doesn't happen till five o'clock now. So yeah. And the sky's nice and light and yeah, we're on the, we're on the, uh, we're on the upward slope now, Johnny. It's all positive. Yeah. The sap is rising. I did, um, did a run on uh, walk on Friday and as I came back through Colford at like four o'clock, it was nine degrees you had um, four, like at least two pairs of buzzard, like winding each other up, calling, and it all felt a little bit spring in that moment. Uh, yeah. Since been absolutely lashed with like filthy freezing cold rain this morning and freezing me gonads <laughs> off, but there was a glimmer. And you're quite right, yeah. It's not long after seven, and then not long after five. There's still a bit of light in the sky. Just so see, it's not thing. all that bad. Yeah. So cheer up and, and get out there. Exactly. Sorted. Right. Cheers, man. Nice one, Johnny. Right. 
This is it, Calm Before the Storm. Uh, good evening, everyone. It is just coming up to 17.30. I'm having, like, just a little bath, so I start proceedings clean. Just some quiet contemplation. Then I get dressed and do some stretching, and we'll start the party. Uh, the 4x4x24 four by four by party. Four miles every four hours for 24 hours. Yeah, it's not that big a deal, but it's a nice bit of... Uh, Nice bit of training in this lockdown situation. I know some lockdown Nazis are going to be like, eh, you're having multiple forms of exercise in a day. Well, you know, go suck an egg, really, because I'm not exactly going to be bumping into hordes of people at 2am in the morning, am I? Also, I've got to come out of this mess ready to drop dubstep rehab and shed miles like you smash Quality Street to Christmas. So I'll have none of that judgment but anyway, it was just a quick one to say that, uh, yeah, first big training effort of 2021. Um, I think my teammate, Matt Bruce, is doing something similar over the same weekend. Uh, wish as well, wish as well. I'll, I'll check in either before or after the various uh, six runs over the next 24 hours. And um, yeah, man, yeah, that's what it's all about. For Turtles, forever, never give up. Yeah, well, it's about quarter to two in the morning. I don't normally run at this time. And, uh, yeah, I'm not suggesting that I feel my freshest, my divine best. Um, but, yeah, eight miles in the legs. This will be another four. And uh, let's get cracking, man. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, running at 2 a.m. does feel pretty much as rancid as you'd think it would but i'm sure once i get moving it'll be he'll be fine so uh more to follow and i'll report back well i was sort of dreading that one being uh 2 a.m in the morning and all but actually it was quite serene i went out there there was munt jack feeding on the grass outside i shared the uh the route with some rabbits did forget to say that i saw a barn owl on the first run um, just over a mile from home, so that was nice. Um, the other thing I should probably admit to now is that I had quite a bad stomach on the first couple of runs. So this third one's the first time I haven't had to go and sit on the porcelain throne after a run. So, yeah, maybe this is like a metaphor for life, and if you just keep plugging away, you won't cheat yourself. Quite deep, really. Anyway, I think that's good. I'm halfway through. I'm generating an incredible pile of sweaty T-shirts. But uh, it just goes to show, you know, you can challenge yourself from your front door. And you don't need to go chasing Everest or uh, doing stupid crap on Strava to suffer. So, yeah, foretold us forever and ever. Goodbye. Yeah, that was the noise of the rain. It's absolutely pissing down. Just about to go for my 6am fourth run. Uh, absolutely bucketing down. Uh, I can still hear the, the thrushes singing though, so that's something to get me through this. This is going to be suitably soggy and brutal. So, see you in 40 minutes. 
yeah, fourth run was rough. Uh, basically, all flooded on the first bit, wet feet, and uh, pissed down for three miles. Sort of eased off the last, uh, the last mile, but there was like standing water everywhere, so I was dodging puddles. And then my stomach played up again, so three out of four runs, I ended up on the porcelain throne. It's important to talk about this because that is the reality and the glamour of endurance. Anything that can go wrong will go wrong and that's part of the challenge. So I'm pretty shattered now. Going to get an hour's kip, uh, have some toast and then do the fifth one. It never ends. Yeah, I'm just having a layabout in bed. My nutritionist bought me some... Uh, Avocado on toast and uh, Marmite on toast, so I've had two bits, gone down down the hatch. I've got another hour and a half before the next run, so I'm going to have a snooze. Uh, I feel pretty haggard, but now the light's up, I think it's going to be a nice uh, lap of honour. Is there any comment from my nutritionist? Uh, no, I think you just need to, to get it done, really. Um... Inspiring words as ever. Thank you. Just stop building on about it. <coughs> I mean, it's good to never, ever be allowed to develop an ego or, you know. No, I'm very proud of what you managed to do so far. Don't. No. No one <laughs> believes you. Yeah, it's now the day after the 4x4x24. You'll note that I didn't manage to do recordings after the fifth and indeed final sixth run. That's mainly because it all got a bit rough. And uh, I can't pretend the last run wasn't a bit of a struggle uh, with the stomach issues and just the, the sheer fatigue, not sleeping for that length of time. Um, yeah, I just sort of didn't have an appetite, which meant that for the last four miles, I basically had no food in my system and I crashed quite bad after. But it was nothing a couple of tinnies didn't, uh, yeah, revive, didn't bring me back to life after. So, yeah, 24 hours since I finished almost to the minute, uh, really pleased with it, it was a good training block, I'd re recommend it to anyone, it means that I did a, a half marathon back in January, and I've got those those 24 miles running in my legs, in that unusual, you know, every four hour format this month, so I've got to be going in the right direction for Dovestep Rehab in May. Seekers, take your assigned positions and prepare for our sacred ceremony. At the sound of the gong, let the ritual begin. That was, of course, the intro to Dark Omens by Chester P. Hackenbush. We'll hear a little bit more from Chester on the way out, but for now, you with me, Nixon, a.k.a. The Beard, a.k.a. The Doctor, a.k.a. Bill Sykes, Bill Hicks, a.k.a. UK Birding Memes. So any other pseudonym that I might go by from the million of tw Twitter accounts that I've had. But at the moment, yeah, you can find me, UK Birding Memes, at The Doctor, whatever, but you'll find me. So, uh, so yeah. I am doing four sections uh, on the Dovestep Rehab podcast to help promote 
Johnny's great work that he does raising money for turtle doves and other migratory species. So I'm really happy to do this. Um, not going to really be, really be talking about birds too much. Uh, it's more the focus is on people. What annoys me about the hobby? What annoys me about the industry in general? Especially online. Because um, that's where we get most of our interaction with other birds is, is, is online now. Um, so especially this past year during the pandemic most of our interaction with other people has been uh, via twitter i don't use things like bird forum but um but facebook i guess for a lot of the other people but twitter has a has a great crop of of birders and um there's often often amazing politics surrounding surrounding bird watching and, and you can really get a get a good look at it on twitter you don't have to leave the comfort of your bed to find out what's going on who's saying what who's going where and uh, yeah, it's absolutely brilliant. So that's been keeping me really sane for the last for the last eight to twelve months, uh, while things have been pretty stagnant. Um, so yeah, so really, one of the things I really wanted to cover was uh, this uprising of eco birders, green birders, whatever you want to call it. There's been a massive there's been a massive spike of things like green listing uh people saying that they won't fly again and and all sorts twitching has had a hard time as a result of this i'm not a twitcher myself really in not in the true sense of the word i do twitch but certainly not to the levels of that some people go to so i wouldn't call myself a twitcher but i do twitch some of the things you try and explain to non-birders it's quite funny when they say oh you're a twitcher uh I get bored now saying, oh, it almost feels like a derogatory term um, now with the way it's with the way it's portrayed. <clears throat> but I mean, unless you're anal enough to explain to people, which I can never be asked to, then then, yeah, I just say, yeah, I'm a twitcher. And uh, yeah, and I think one of the things that I automatically thought when I first started birding was that because we've all got bird watching in common, that we would all get on and it would be... Um, It'd almost be like a big living, and I think I thought that a lot when I first started the hobby. And I thought, oh, it's great! Like, um, you'd go, you'd go bird watching, and you'd meet people, and you'd be like, oh, well, everyone's everyone's going to get on with each other. You can talk to anyone, you can approach anybody, you can you can make great friendships probably all over the place because you've all got this mad passion for birds. And fuck me, could you be further from the truth? I often find and i've and i think this is probably the same for everyone it was my naivety at the time that led me to 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 that bizarre um thought process but i have so much more in common um on a lot of on a lot of fronts with non-birders and i have much better relationships with non-birders than i do with than i do with bird watchers it's because bird watchers are self-obsessed they're selfish they're fucking weird. We're all so weird, but some of them are so weird that they're they're bordering on the bizarre, and and but it does make it fascinating. It does make it very fascinating. And one of the things that has been um, to go back to tailed off a little bit there, but to go back to to the eco birding and stuff. This is the thing that's frustrated me the most with with these with these people. And there's a very famous young lady that has started to build a very powerful career within natural history promoting 
the climate issue, climate change, global warming, whatever you want to call it. There, I know they're different things, but they often get often get pushed together with a, with a group of words, and it's and I've noticed it with other people as well. It's not just it's not just this young lady, it's um, it's other people as well that have um, denounced uh, world birding, have denounced flying, have denounced using their car, and a lot of them, if not all, have had a history of extensive travel around the world for bird watching. And I find this absolutely fucking infuriating because they say to you, oh, and, and it's like you get you see the Twitter posts and it's like, oh, out on my bike today, photograph of their fucking bike leaned up against a fucking wall with, I don't know, six rotten sandwiches stuck in the basket and a pair of binoculars hanging off the side. And it's like, oh, uh, 12 miles today. 47 species hashtag green birding hashtag eco birding hashtag fucking stick it up your ass mate because for the last 10 years you've been yomping around south america southeast asia filling your boots with fucking birds that i've only seen in a fucking book and birds that i would absolutely bend over backwards to see you've done all that but now you want to come back to the uk and you want to and you want to point fingers at people that maybe get maybe what one package holiday a year Maybe get to have one bird in holiday every three years. I've got families. Maybe look forward to going away now and again. Getting to see a few new birds. Yeah, you've filled your fucking notebook, mate. Okay? And now you've come back. You've done it all. you settled down a little bit. You've got no need to travel anymore. So you're going to use this to virtue signal or whatever word you want to use. I know that's a word that... It's not a word I like to use very often. I'm not left. I'm not right. I try and say this quite a lot on social media. I despise the left. I despise the right. The extreme versions of it. I'm very centralist. Left of centre, I would say. But, and so virtue signal, that's not a word that I like to use. It's often a word I associate with with a group of people that I don't really like. But anyway, but it does feel a little bit like virtue signaling. And I find it absolutely infuriating. And I just feel like these people are trying to boost their their media profile, their Twitter profile, and it is a lot of these people have had extensive, extensive birding lives in terms of travel. And I just, I just really want to say, just, just get a fucking grip, mate, and just, and just have a reality check. Just have an absolute reality check because you just look and, and the person who is most guilty for that is this young lady who's now jumped to fame, who's, efforts to let's think of the right words to diverse to to allow a bigger group bigger diversity of of young people into the hobby something i think that is far too complex to point the finger at organizations and and bird watching in general to say that bird watching is racist to say that bird watching is closed-minded i think is is completely unfair I think it's massively unfair to call birdwatching any of those things. There are bigots and racists and misogynists within all walks of life. Within all walks of life, you can you can find it within your own workplace, within your own street. It is a, a problem of mankind. It is not a problem of birdwatching. Conservation organisations, charities bend over backwards. Academia bends over backwards to give chances to uh, 
people from more from people from ethnic backgrounds to to females. The North Norfolk coast is a prime example when you look at the wardening along along the coast and the amount of women. And I've seen people celebrate that. It, that's not a problem. I, what I would like to celebrate is the fact that we've got the right people in the right jobs. That's what's important. Protecting these these uh, these marginalised clumps of habitat that cling on now and and host some of our rarest breeding species. If these women are the best people for the job, and if they've been picked on merit, then yeah, I, I'd like to celebrate that we've got the best people in the job. The fact that they're women should not matter one bit. The fact that they're doing a good job is is not for me to judge. I don't really know a lot about conservation in that detail to, to critique people. But I don't think it's something that should be celebrated. The fact that they're all women, I think it's uh, I think it's it's quite a backwards um, thing to celebrate, to be honest. I'd, I want to celebrate people in the right roles. So anyway, I don't get a lot of time on this section and that's that. So um, that just sort of that just sort of skims the surface of uh, of one of the things that's been bugging me lately. My 10 minutes is sort of coming up now, so I'm going to try and wrap it up and we'll and we'll see where we're at. I will be back for another three sections. Um, so if anyone wants to tweet me or tweet Johnny with anything they'd like discussed, then we can I can have a look. Me and Johnny can have a discuss. If there's any topics I can cover, um, then then feel free. Give me a tweet. Give me a DM. And uh, and we'll go over anything. So look after yourselves, guys. I'm not the best public speaker. I find this really hard. The amount of times I've had to re-record this got 30 seconds in and had to scrap it. I've actually gone for 10 minutes now, which is quite good. So I'll probably listen back and it'd be dreadful. But um, yeah, have a good week, guys. Look after yourselves. Try and see some birds. And yeah, we'll see you next month. Dark sky walker, blinded by the starlight, space flight, dog fight a titan like it's our type, switch like a lichen, wilder than a viking, child of suicidal dreams all scrambled up in white noise, fuck a vice, where my lifestyle is uncontrollable, slap you off your podium, shattering your protocol, step in- Yes, you like it, you like it, that's the uh, the first in this series of, of podcasts, you've had Dovestep Stalwart, Nick Moran of Dovestep 3.1 fame, cycle-based mile eater. You've had myself, uh, Johnny, I've had the pleasure of doing all the Dovesteps today. And you've had newest member of the Dovestep family, Nixon, dropping some cold, hard truth on the situation, man. You might not like what he says, but there's always a bit of truth in it. Oh, yeah, a little bit of truth that's going to tickle you and make you realise that, you know, there's always, always more than one commentary on life, man. Yeah, life comes at you so flipping fast. So, um, yeah, we're all cracking on. It's lockdown. The Dovestep team is uh, is brewing up the next event. We're clocking miles. We're really pleased to have you following along online on Twitter, at StepDove, at Step underscore Dove, to be precise. You've got Nixon on Twitter, uh, UK bird memes. You've got it all on there, man. So happy times. So the last thing for me to say is, please don't forget turtle doves. 
And please don't forget Dove Step.